Hello, and welcome to the e-commerce source podcast. My name is Andy Solhoff. I'm here with Tim and Parker again today. Parker, how are you? What up? What up? What up, Tim? How are you doing? Doing good. Dreading going home and having to get the snowblower going because we had oh, a little yeah. bit of snow here up in Iowa last night. Yep, we got some snow in the, in the uh, upper Midwest here, so it's all all fun and we're cozy and warm here. But uh, we are continuing on our three part series uh, on product development for for ecom brands, and so we kind of went through you know some of the barriers and 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 reasons why uh, people you know, should be doing product development. We've done gone through the tips and tricks for product research and making sure your product is set up. And now we're going through how to launch a product in 2023. So lots of learnings here. And, and Parker, um, you know, appreciate you putting this, this together and, and bringing us home here, man. Heck yeah. Looking forward to it. And this, this is the hard one though, right? Because the other parts, you just got to grind through and have the conversations and do the work. This one is... You can do the work, and sometimes it goes well, and sometimes it doesn't. There's a little bit of variability here, so this is the this is the toughest uh, of the three, I think, in here. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good well, topic. you know, let's start it off with with Amazon, Parker. You want to start us off? So, if we're going to launch a product on Amazon, how, you know, what's what's the step? How do we how do we get started on this? And whole, not, not to deal? interrupt, but just just so so anybody listening, we're going to go through Amazon, then go through direct to consumer stores in that in that order, right? So let's start with Amazon, Parker. And generally, we like to start on Amazon just because of the ease of entry and the people that are already searching on the platform. People come to Amazon with their credit cards out. You know, we already mm-hmm. know this. But yeah, you're, you're launching on Amazon. Uh, very first thing you got to do is research the copy and get your listing set up. So this is your titles, your key features, essentially selling your product. And you want to get that up there along with your photos and videos. Uh, assuming you have trademark for that, which we can talk through later as well, but mainly focusing on that written content as well as having some really solid photos. Yeah, yeah. And can I go through like an example that came up yesterday in this even? Uh, and this ended up being a really good discussion. We weren't launching a new product, but we were discussing how to relaunch a product that we thought could do better. Um, mm. And this gets to the whole researching, copy research, photos and videos. We went through every competitor we had and the categories evolved a little bit since the product was launched, and um, and this was a this was a, a you know a, it's in the kids drinkware category is where it is, um, so it's a water bottle kids would take to school, and we realized that everybody else and this has changed since we launched it. Everybody else in the category that was selling best, all the best sellers, were showing the product a certain way. They were showing the product where the strap or the handle was super visible, and so instead of showing the product face on, they were turning it sideways so you could see the strap or the handle on it. And they were opening the lid up so you could see what kind of lid and if it had a spout, you could see that, right? Where when we first went in that category, everybody was just showing the product face on, lid tight down. You couldn't see that the handle was usually behind. So you could could see it in secondary photos, but it wasn't in the primary. And there were things that we picked up doing this of, hey, if we're going to relaunch this thing, um, this thing has moved. Like we're seeing what the best sellers are doing. They've obviously figured some things out and let's make some changes on it. And that got us, everybody got pretty excited because there's some pretty obvious, you could look at who was doing well and who was not when we, there were people that launched with us in the same time frame mm-hmm. who hadn't made the change. So there was, to Parker, to your point here, like what is, people are usually in this category, this node before you are, 
what can you glean from the people who are doing best about what they may have learned that helps make the product move? And it's, it can be big things or little things like that too, right? For sure. And the customers are changing with us too, like their interests and their tastes and what they like over the years. So maybe one thing that was hot, you know, back in 2019 and you're still selling that same product. That's not, that's not what's cooking anymore in 2023. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You never know when a TikTok video is going to take off and all of a sudden you're gonna, you know, it could be nothing you have anything to do with, but somebody falls in love with your product and, uh, then all of a sudden you become yep. you become the, the this thing there. So, uh, you know, so we got the, the other so, thing. The other thing on Andy on this we've also learned is, and this is a since the pandemic thing that really changed at the pandemic, where the photo is a lot more important and the secondary photos are a lot more important than they used to be. And that's because Amazon picked up a lot of uh, people who weren't typical e-commerce buyers during the pandemic, and not all of the state, but a lot of state. And the learnings, and they released their learnings on that was that a lot of the um, a lot of their purchase behavior where the veteran e-commerce shopper um, reads the headlines, looks at some of the product bullet points and everything else, looks at the photo too. The the people who were newer to it are now kind of using it more regularly tend to go much more off just the photos. Um, and the photo, they may not read as much of the copy and they've done like the eye tracking research on it. They'll look at the photos more in secondary photos and they'll make more of their decision off the photos. So, you know, to Parker's point about what, what is working in the category and how important those are. The importance of photos is more important now than it was pre-pandemic, certainly. And we've seen that in things that we work on pretty regularly. And I'm just like looking, I'm going to go to a, oh, random. I'm just like a, pulling up the Amazon app right now. And it's it's all photos, you know what I mean? I, I'm going scroll, scroll. I mean, there's the price and the delivery and all the add to cart and blah, 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 blah. But I'm a long, you know, quite a ways down the, page before i even get to the key features on on mobile yeah. if i'm going through the app so that i mean obviously you know it's it's like okay well yeah they probably built the app out and the shopping experience there to be more focused on uh, photos you know, it's kind of like chicken or egg there but uh it's changed you know. over time too though because i think as they keep improving that app it's become at least and i don't have the citation on this right but in my experience it feels like it's become more and more photo based and i'm mm-hmm. one of the people who likes to read when i buy i like to read so i have to I have to click down more to actually read <laughs> all the those stuff. weirdos. I'm one of those weirdos <laughs> likes to read. I read books, Andy. Um, but <laughs> you want to learn about the product before you buy it. <laughs> yeah, I actually like want to read about the product before I buy it. Um, but it's it used to be that would be like you go through the app and that would be pretty visible. Now it's like a couple clicks down to like expand this, blow this out before I can actually get to that stuff. And it's it's much more photo based than it used mm-hmm. to be. And I. I think that's just a reflection of how Amazon understands consumers are shopping. Um, but yeah, yeah much more important than it used to be. Definitely. And it, obviously the listing copy is obviously there for, for organic, for Amazon search and things like that. So, so we've got yeah. the listing copy, copy. we've got uh, well-written listings, we've got good photos and videos. Parker mentioned you know, the brand registry. So you've got your A-plus content and, and all that squared away. Um, but then let's talk on listing about- copy too. Let's let's also clarify. You're you're writing both for the customer and for the search engine on this. So you got to write for both at the same time. So um, we get in debates oftentimes with well, which one are we writing for? And it's like you really got to write for both. It's got to be the listing copy has to work has to talk to the search engine the right way, um, which means doing all the keyword research. But it's also got to talk to the customer in a way that makes sense. We see tons of listings where it's just keywords all jammed in there, and 
you can't make any sense out of it and those convert terribly. Um, we've seen ones where they're written in nice, big, flowing language that has none of the keywords in it too, and that also never gets any traffic. So it's learning to write for both. Um, and that's this is kind of basic blocking and tackling 101. But um, Andy, where are we going in this? Because I'm hoping we're going to like all the uh, Amazon things that Parker loves to preach about that are all the ways you can get the word out on Amazon. Yeah, I think just a formality. You know, we're obviously FBA. So fulfillment by Amazon, we're getting it, get the product to Amazon. You know, we we've gone various ways on this. I don't know if it's you know you need to send a million units to Amazon right away, but uh, you know, sending a sufficient uh, number to to Amazon and making sure you're stocked up there because you you don't want to sell out and you want to give Amazon the confidence you've got inventory to sell for you know eight ten weeks. Uh, so I I think that's it. You know, other than that, uh, let's let's talk about what's the first thing. So you've got the listing created. You've got uh, it, you know, inventory is going to hit Amazon. Parker, where are we going to next? What's the next way to make sure that we're launching a product on Amazon? For sure. So products available for sale. We got to collect some of those sales. And we can do that through a few ways. So, uh, you know, just people finding you organically through advertising, through some of the programs that are uh, among Amazon's terms of service out there. We've got a few options when we're looking at sales. Yeah. So, you know, specifically we're looking at I mean, uh, to organize your uh, immediate purchases. Obviously, you've got some friends and family that you can throw out there. And, you know, maybe if you got somebody that's a good writer or something like that, get them to buy it and leave a review to kind of get that sort of seated. But um, we're talking about let's Amazon Let's qualify Vine. that, though, real quickly, too, because... Um, yeah, we know that usually if you if you launch something, friends and family are going to buy a few things, and that's totally legit to have them buy a few things and leave a review for a couple of them. But also, you want to be careful on that too, right? Because um, if you, all of a sudden there's a huge wave of tons of quote unquote friends and family that buy it and it looks suspicious to Amazon, that's that's a that's a violation and that's a cause for suspension that you don't want to get. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, a few friends and family, you know, encouraging a few friends and family to buy stuff and then leave a review totally fine happens all the time but we're talking a handful literally a handful of of uh, things to go in there just to get the pump primed yeah um but if you rely on that to get dozens or hundreds of reviews you're going to get busted on that too so it's and we've seen we've seen people do that and we've seen that happen right so it's kind of using that in the smartest way you know use that as a smart way to prime it but don't rely on that for all your momentum either yeah, for sure. For sure. I think to me, it's the priority is getting that first review there so that when somebody yes. else um, sees it, that they have that review and you get that up there as quickly as possible because mm -hmm. some nobody wants yeah. to be the first person to write a review. So, heck, if you even write the review for your uh, friend or family member for them to post, uh, I'm not saying that's uh, something you should do. But Andy uh, playing in the gray area there. Well, um, you know, it's, it's funny because, <laughs> you know, I see on Twitter date almost daily I, no hold on a second i i wish we had video because oh, there's whole reddit forums for people who, who will like, write and will write reviews for you You just don't want to dabble in there very much right this i got a piece of direct mail this is the i bought toilet brushes uh oh i don't even know when oh yeah but i got i got a piece of direct mail with amazon an amazon logo on the outside of the piece of mail and it's saying asking me for to leave a five-star review and they'll pay for my purchase, uh, and they'll yeah. send me a fifteen dollars Amazon gift card. I, I want to start a whole Reddit forum on, out there, on so. 
I want to start a Reddit forum on on sellers who are going to get banned um, yeah. and just feature those. I just want to post them. And that's we've talked about this before, right? It's like, you know, we uh, our mission isn't to go out and torture and burn other sellers. But when we have to compete against them and they're and they're blatantly cheating, then we don't like that either. Yeah. Um, so there's that stuff either around, you cheat. So. Yeah. Either you cheat to compete on it or you say you're going to try and play clean. But playing cleans like that yeah, sucks when you're getting beat by somebody who's cheating. Yeah. So there, there is all that, but uh, we've got, we've all gotten a ton of, especially recently, it seems really blatant with certain product categories of insert cards that aren't just, Hey, we'd love it. If you left a review, please leave an honest review, which is what we do all the time, right? To encourage reviews, um, to like, we'll give you this big discount or we'll send you, I've had once Tom, Tom, you send me cash if I leave. It's like, <laughs> these are such blatant violations of terms, um, that, yeah, please. So uh, I don't feel bad when there's that kind of stuff going around. I don't feel bad about sending my cousin a review to post about a product. You know what I'm saying? I don't feel bad about that at all. No. Uh, you know. I just got one this weekend. So for Christmas, we got some silk pillowcases. And oh, Parker. Ooh la la, Parker. They were gifts. When you get silk pillowcases, see, I didn't know this before, you can't use your normal detergent on it. And so we had to get some special pH balanced detergent. And with that purchase came, I think it was a discount to their Shopify store. And I want to say it was for double the amount of product that I had bought on Amazon. And I was like, hmm. they're just asking for it. Yeah. Whose idea was the velvet pillowcases though, Parker? Don't even ask. Moving on. Moving on. Okay. Who's so uh, <laughs> let's talk, let's talk discounts. Shout let's talk discounts. And, uh, <laughs> Uh, let's talk about discounts and coupons. How do we use, what, what's our take on using discounts, coupons at launch? For sure. So there's, a, there's one big distinction between coupons and discount codes here. Discount codes are usually the way that you want to use those is to your social media and your email list and like your internal group. That is discount code specifically for your followers, like your in-group. Coupons show on the detail page and you're just straight up giving a percent off. It's like you walk into the grocery store and they're like, hey, there's 50% off today. Essentially mm -hmm. what you're doing with coupons. And those are two things we like to take advantage of. Hopping back quick to one of the review mechanisms that Amazon actually approves of. It's internal. I wanted to touch on Amazon Vine is still mm -hmm. active. And this could be if if your friends, your family, your cousin isn't leaving that review first, you could go to Amazon Vine. I just wanted to get out the word of caution on Amazon reviewers look at themselves as movie critics-esque. And the Amazon Vine reviewers are the tip top of the list on those uh, <laughs> movie critics. So uh, if you've got a good product, they're going to write about it. If, you've, if they don't like something, they're going to write about it. Yeah, and you, don't, you don't control them. Um, just wanted to make all, sure we got that right. one out there too. Otherwise, yeah. uh, coupons, discounts, uh, happy to get those involved as well as uh, just pushing your product organically. So some of the ways yeah. that we can push it organically on Amazon, these are newer over the last couple of years and a lot of sellers really still aren't taking advantage of these are Amazon posts, which is essentially like your timeline. This is like your Twitter, your Facebook, your Instagram, your TikTok, whatever it is. And Amazon posts, it's free. You just have to have a trademark and then you just have your brand, your logo, and then you just post content. And so we usually recommend 
copying some of the content that you're doing or just adding it into your social media calendar that you build out for the year. One of the caveats that Amazon keeps on top of with their AI is you can only post a photo once or a video once, like a piece of content once. Like you cannot uh, reuse Can't that repost. same piece. Yeah. You got it. You got it. So they've got that going on. And then the other one is Amazon Live. Essentially, it's the same thing as your Instagram and Facebook Live, just hopping on in front of the camera. And we've actually seen good success on both those platforms. And I'm always trying to make sure our partners are doing it, but uh, just trying to get the word out there because Amazon keeps putting more energy into it. And where they're putting their energy, we want to make sure uh, we're putting ours. So yeah. <laughs> they keep helping us out. Yeah, and we should be clear, like the the critique from people on Amazon Post and Amazon Live is they don't have a huge audience yet, right? They don't get seen by a ton of people. That said, you know, Parker, you've had really good record of getting traction on new launches and you preach those tools almost every time. There's definitely a correlation there. And the audience may not be huge, but it's a pretty, you know, whatever audience you get is, is it's moving them down the funnel um, pretty well. And that's, you know, so... Yeah, you're you're the main guy preaching that the most on our team, and the record of things that you've pushed out with that, the the hit rate's pretty good. Um, one quick clarification I want to give on like discounts and coupons too, because there are different uses for them. Is and I think part you started to get into this, but discounts. If you have a good audience outside of Amazon that you already have access to, like you have a big email list or you have a big Facebook or Instagram following, discounts are the great way to go. Because here's here's this code just for you that you're our special audience. Um, you know, please go buy this here. Here's discount code. You're the only people who get it. That's a great way to use a discount code. Coupons is if you don't have that sometimes and you're going to rely on ads to drive people to the listing, coupons will help increase your conversion rate because now you're making it cheaper when they get there. It's a little more kind of a, you know, it's a little more of a shotgun approach. But um, if you're going to spend your money on ads driving traffic there and you just want to close the deal, the coupon's a good way to close the deal. Uh, but if you have an audience that you're trying to get to move to Amazon to help you get a new product grounded, Discounts are the, the discount codes are the way you want to go with that. So there's just a slight difference in those uh, in the way we use them. Should we also talk about one of the old tools? Because we get asked about this and we had a conversation about it earlier too. So there was there used to be a lot of tools where you could do heavy discounting, things like rebate key, right? Which is still around. Um, that we used in the past, back when Amazon said that was an okay, the not against not against terms of service program to use. Um, there's rebate key and there's a bunch of others out there right now, but right now those, um, Amazon switched from saying those are in a gray area, but it's okay to saying, if we catch you using those, that's a violation and we could ban your account. Right. So, um, we don't use those anymore and haven't since Well, for then, clarification, but, you know, those are the ones that's like, okay, you, you list your product there. It's a very steep discount. All the, the yeah. discount gets handled off of Amazon. So Amazon really doesn't have any. Uh, visibility to w if the person's getting paid or how they're getting paid yeah. or all that kind of stuff. So it's 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 you know tougher to tougher to track. But yep, yeah. That's, that's and if somebody from Rebate Key hears this and says, "No, no, we're still legal," and wants to explain to us why that we'd welcome that. Welcome, but welcome, come on. We, we've had our, we've had our Amazon reps say, "New, do not use that." Right. Um, and yet, as Andy said, Rebate Key is a site. It'll offer you. You can buy a product. You get. Um, you can get 80%, 90% off. You buy the product and then 30 days later, rebate key sends you the rebate. Um, they're kind of, they're, they're, the way they work is Amazon can't really see that you're selling at a steep discount even though you are. So you can move up the product rankings. But um, we don't believe in doing the dark gray or red kind of tactics like that. 
um, because those will get things banned eventually. And we would rather not try and think that we can outrun Amazon on their terms of service. So um, that's kind of a, we used to use it. It was fairly effective, um, but it's kind of all those programs. Amazon is kind of more or less outlawed. How good they are at catching people using them is another question, but it's, you know, explicitly kind of don't use those as the Amazon stance now. Don't use things that trick the algorithm like that. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So we talk, you know, a little bit about the, the discounts. We talk about, you know, maybe using your email or, or, or sending, sending those discounts to your, your owned list to try to get them to move. But the next thing I just think is makes sense is to talk about the different Amazon ads campaigns. So, um, you know, obviously with each product, it might be slightly different, but, you know, a few things that we just recommend on that front is an, is a, is a low bid auto campaign. So, you know, Auto campaigns are a great way for keyword discovery to just get your product out there to see what kind of products that you're that Amazon's going to put you out there in front of uh, for that auto campaign. Um, other than that, we've got some sponsored products. Search for your top terms. So that's again, it's a sponsored product. So the the products show up in the product feed. It's a search based campaign, and you're advertising on the top terms. You know, so if you're you're a water bottle or a, you know a kid's water bottle you're going after the ones that are most uh, applicable there and um just yeah and of- this is kind of like amazon ads 101 to an extent right andy so it's mm-hmm. you're building your auto campaign to do some research you're then watching that and early on i mean the main difference when you're launching something new you got to watch it you got to watch that those campaigns much more closely because you're trying you, know, you have no keywords that are proven or validated yet so you're mm-hmm. really watching it daily every couple of days pulling out some words that have converted so you can move those into a phrase campaign um, mm-hmm. you're looking for any competitors that the auto campaign finds you converted on so you can then pull those into a separate campaign and start really directing ads against those competitors um, and we had something that we went through this morning with one of our partners where we the auto campaign placed ads against their number one competitor for a while and didn't have any success but that number one competitor had some issues right now where they're out of product or lost their buy box and stuff. And the auto campaign put ads back on that. And all of a sudden we're converting off of our top competitor. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of like, let's take advantage of the opportunity, but there's things you just got to watch super closely on that. Um, and at, the main difference is you're going to pay more per conversion at the, when your product is just launching, you got to be prepared for that. You're going to have to invest some money. You're probably going to be advertising at a loss for a little bit. Um, and then once it gets traction, things start to flow a little better and you can worry about being more optimized. But, you know, there's the standard, here's the hierarchy of campaigns, but then there's also the be prepared to overspend for what you might have in your long-term business plan, but you're going to overspend in the short run just to get some traction. Getting that first sale at Amazon is really hard. Getting those first handful of sales, everybody's came out, there's 50 million plus products on Amazon, right? So your rank in your rank when you start off without selling anything is 50 million, which nobody scrolls down 50 million pages to see your product you have to get a few sales to at least get some rank right and then so getting those first few are like super super valuable as soon as you get one sale you have a rank and you start moving up Um, but getting those first few is really hard because you're invisible until you have a few sales so it's a little bit of a uh, of a you know chicken and egg thing of you can't get any sales because you're invisible Um, you aren't gonna because you're invisible you're not gonna get any sales you have to rely on usually some ads and other promotional tools, your email list, everything else to push you up early on before you can get the yep. organic piece rolling. Yep, yep, yep. So 
I think it kind of interesting where we're at on time here is looking like, uh, is there anything else? Closing notes, Parker, on on Amazon launch questions for us as we're as we've talked about the launch of a product on Amazon. Yeah, I think to end Amazon and move on to DTC, the quick question that could use an answer or just some more detail than we gave at the beginning would be, where do you start? Do you start on both? Do you start with a new product just on Amazon? Like, and what are the differences and what do you need to know? Yeah. Uh, and there's many different ways to answer this, right? And usually in the end, it comes out, if you're primarily a DTC business, you started on your DTC. If you're primarily Amazon, you start on Amazon. I like starting most things on Amazon because I get people who are down the funnel and I can get, I can use my DT, if I have a mailing list, I can use that against Amazon to get the Amazon ball rolling and then I can flip back to the, the direct-to-consumer site. Um, so my preference is always kind of utilize whatever tools you have to get Amazon rolling, get that flywheel going, then roll back the efforts to your direct-to-consumer store once Amazon has kind of got some motion. Because it's hard to go the reverse, right? You can't use Amazon to get your direct-to-consumer store going. You can use your direct-to-consumer store list to get Amazon rolling. So I usually, I, I typically like to take advantage of that, right? Um, mm -hmm. Not the only way to roll that out, but that's typically the way I'll try and push it. But what about, what about both of you when you're trying to push that? Yeah, I look at it, uh, you know, similarly. Um, it it kind of depends a little bit on, uh, you know, kind of what the inventory situation looks like and yeah. and how's, my, how's the traffic compare. You know, for the most part, Amazon traffic that they're getting is, for a lot of our clients, 10 to 100 times what, what we're getting through the e-commerce store. So if we think we can acquire traffic and, and we have a product that will, will work better or be more profitable on the e-commerce store, then okay, you know, run it through the, the website. But uh, for the most part, you're going to learn so much uh, just from you know, all, you know, all the keyword research that you get from your ads on Amazon are also applicable to, to you know, Google ads and things like that. So I, I, I yeah. tend to agree is generally it's going to be Amazon uh, first or roughly at the same time. Yeah. Uh, but it might be different depending on the situation. Because your direct consumer store has, you've got to solve two problems, right? One is how to get traffic in against this product and the other is then how to convert on the product. And mm -hmm. at least for, for usually like starting with Amazon, you're just worried about the traffic's a lot easier to get so it's less of a problem. And then you're worried about how do you convert on the product. So you've got people who are already fired on the funnel because Amazon's brought the traffic there. Now you're just trying to convert them to you. Um, and it just simplifies it a bit. And to your point, yeah, I can learn a little bit from Amazon that'll help me when I go to my direct consumer site. Now I'm launching Google ads. But now I've learned a bunch of keyword research that doesn't apply totally one-to-one, -one, but applies still pretty close what you learn on what you learn from Amazon search ads most of that 95% of it applies back over to the Google side. So you start with, you know, you kind of start on a run, start on a running basis a little bit, start with some momentum mm -hmm. over there. For sure. For sure. So let's talk about direct consumer store launch and some, some things, just some thoughts there. Uh, I think from my end, uh, the thing that I love having is a, a highly likely to convert audience started in some way. So if you have this, and well, that could be uh, like your best customers, so the people who are always buying your stuff, they're buying on repeat regularly. This could be an insiders club or a Facebook group or just your highly engaged people on uh, email. So if you can start with them to get some sales going, usually via targeted via email, 
you know, maybe it's an SMS campaign or, or, or like with Facebook, obviously you're just posting it to that, to that private group. I think that's one of the first places that we can, we can start and start getting some, um, some good feedback. It's like the friends and family list on, on Amazon, but hopefully yeah. much larger. So the advantage of your own store is you have, you have an audience you can speak to directly. So it's your, it's, it's smaller than the Amazon universe, but you have your mailing list, right? So you're, it's your email list is the first place you go, but then also who's re, if you're exist, if this isn't your first product on your store, you, know, you go think things like, okay, what, what about a, Hey, we just launched a new product campaign and the audience is only people who have interacted with one of your ads for similar products in the past. So you can do things like that too. You can build that kind of custom audience on Facebook or Instagram or anything else. And, and that gives you a link where you're not trying to start totally cold for a new product on your own direct to consumer site. You're starting with people who already have, They've already given sub signal of interest for things that are similar or for your brand, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's ways like Willie's Breach, don't start at the very top of that funnel. Like you already have with your email list and with a list of people who have responded to anything you've done in the past on Facebook, Instagram, the advertising platforms, a customized audience there. That gets you people who are already warm mm-hmm. and really get them launched. You want to really put a lot of effort behind that audience that's already warm to your brand. And just leverage that before you start. I mean, you can go out wide too at the same time, but but dollar for dollar way to get traction and really go to that list that's warm, get them to buy, and then you can kind of branch out from there. But that's that's take advantage of those assets that you've built over time in a direct consumer store that you don't have in a marketplace, and work those really hard. Um, but what about things like so? There's uh, if we talk to other people in the space, they'll also say, hey, the way to launch is influencers and content creators and all that kind of stuff so and we've all done some of that as well so parker where's your how do you kind of approach that that's for sure so you can begin your initial research either on instagram tiktok twitter those people posting out there in your category either by following hashtags following the general content or maybe you already know of them as well as depending on the product getting out there on twitch one of the newer platforms that we've been utilizing here internally has been Billow. Yeah. You can just throw out your task of what you're trying to get done and have influencers come to you. And from there, you can kind of just say, hey, I want this to be more review oriented or let me know what you think of the product or actually seeing the product in use. And so we've been kind of looking into those, but I think that's yeah. Uh, a really great place to start as well. And we should explain now we're not we're not sponsored by Billow or anything else. Like we should explain what it is. So because it's pretty innovative and I like what they're trying to do. So it's Billow, it's B-I-L-L-O, if you're not familiar with it. But basically it's a it's a platform. You can go on there as an advertiser and say, here's my product. I'm willing to pay this much. And they have different kind of suggestions for what you should pay. And then uh, people on the platform will then apply and say, Hey, I can I can do a short video for that. You gotta say what you're asking for. You want a short video, you want a a nice product shot, but you describe what you're asking for, and then people will say, I can do that, I can do that. They apply, and then you pick the ones that you want. So it takes the whole, it kind of streamlines the process of, I want to find influencer content creator like content and use that for ads. Because when you do it, you automatically have like rights to use it for advertising and everything else. The downside is that sometimes the quality can be a little bit hit or miss on what you get back. There are some fantastic creators that you can get on Bill. There are also, and you can pay extra to get to them. There are also some people who are just trying to start out and some to do it well and some to don't. So, you know, it's affordable. I think Parker, when our, our experience with Bill so far has been, hey, we need to we need to probably get more users each time to do content. And it's kind of, hey, if if 
a third of the content is great, a third is usable, and a third's like, oh, we'd never use this, right? Which is kind of maybe what you see. Then we just got to, you know, instead of trying to get one person and hope that's a home run, it's, hey, we ought to go out there saying, hey, we're going to get five people to do stuff and we're going to hope we come out with three really good pieces out of this. That'd be a home run. If we get two, great. Um, but you, know, you got to realize there's a, there's a bit of variability in the quality of what you get back. Um, but again, the price is a good price and it's really streamlined and fast too. So, um, and the bill is not the only one like this out there. There's a couple others, but it's, there's these kind of new, they're not new. They've been, they were over a year old, right? But um, these are kind of ways to get into that content stream that are streamlined and faster than what some people may want to do otherwise. Yeah. And I, I think sort of another approach on the sort of the user generated content, uh, influencer, content creators, whatever, however you want to say about that audience is, and, you know, I, I've seen instances where people just legitimately just go out to people with decent sized, uh, you know, following followers, but maybe are not like professional influencers. So they're not dedicating their entire uh, livelihood to being an influencer, but maybe they want to, right? And mm -hmm. uh, just sending their product out, hey, I'd like to send you some product. I want your honest feedback. I want your review. And then if they love it, then you can you can ask them, hey, would you want to do a post on this? You can pay them for the content so that you can use that. Um, you can use their their review on your on your website, so you've got some uh, built in reviews. It's not it's not any different than Amazon in that people like social proof to know that they're getting a good product. So I think that's a, yeah. a sort of a different angle that I've seen that I I really like because it's le it seems less transactional with with somebody via social. Yeah. Like, hey, I'm just gonna you know pay you on Billow to record this video. It's like okay, yeah, you might have to send out 100 products. And that's a, that takes a lot of work, right? To go find those people and communicate with them and get, the, get them product and that kind of stuff. But even if you get products into the hand of 20 to 30 you know, content uh, creators, maybe, maybe you have a better hit rate with that because they you know, really become you know, evangelists of your product or maybe they already know of your product. So, um, and our, our difference on that too, because there's a difference in how we approach that than we did say two years ago or even a year and a half ago is that we will, it used to be go find an influencer who has a huge audience and, and they have a huge audience of people who just do whatever they say. So the Kim Kardashians, the world, right. And, and that'd be the kind of at the top of the pyramid, but people at, with lower audiences and you're relying on them to sell it and their audience to buy it. I think what we, we've really, I think the market's moved on in large part, not entirely, but a lot of it's moved on. We're where audiences see through that right now of uh, this is just what you were paid to promote so yeah fine whatever and the effectiveness of a a true influencer in that kind of sense has gone down but what has moved up is and we've kind of talked about this before andy right it's kind of the second wave of of influencers uh is content creators and that's what you're talking about people who just they may have a smaller audience but they have authority because they're not primarily doing ads mm -hmm. they're not primarily just but when they talk, people will believe them. And what we've also said is, hey, we're not just relying on just your audience that you reach. We want to negotiate rights to take the content, use it for ads. So whatever you produce, we want to then own that uh, or at least own it to use it for ads, right? Um, so if it's the still shot you're using or the video, you know, how much would it take for us to have rights to use that for ads? And that's the way, like the we just reviewed a program this morning, right? That we're going out for a new product we're trying to launch. And that's that's how we're approaching all of the content creators we've reached out to is, is okay, give us your price list and then give us your price list for what it takes for us to own the material. Cause our intent is to get rather than get like one day while they post their Instagram post and then it kind of goes away 
if you create some great content, we want to put that in an ad campaign and just run it for the next six months and continue to get sales from it rather than have the one-time flash and hope everything comes in at once. And that's, mm-hmm. I think, a better way to kind of manage that and do that. You're still getting the great content and you're getting content that feels authentic in the stream and not too ad-like. But you can then control the reach of it and you can keep the reach persistent instead of having the pure organic influencers. It's a one-day blast and it's gone, right? Once yep. once an Instagram post is a day old, it no longer exists for all practical purposes. Um, yeah. But if you if you use it as an ad, you can keep it going and, and control how much reach it has and how much impressions it gets over time. Definitely, definitely. And just like thinking about some other things here as we're uh, looking at using email and, and some different ways to really build hype for your for your products to build some some demand for it. Uh, you know, I, I've seen instances where people sign up for like, a, uh, you know, it's, it's almost like a back in stock email, like, Hey, let me notify me when this product is available. So then you've kind of pre-qualified some buyers. You can obviously do some organic social or, or even paid social to those, those product pages. Be like, Hey man, this is going to be the greatest product ever, whatever, whatever, try to get, try to build up an email list. And I, you know, if that's not your thing, I think we can talk about just doing a, a straight email drop, right? Like you can run an email campaign that uh, says, "Hey, this this product has has arrived, and you know, come buy it." Um, again, like Tim, you were talking about, is the owning the list, owning the the client communication mm-hmm. there. So, just a couple of things on the email side of things that um, can be a great way to generate some some buzz and generate some some pop out of that out of the sale out of the shoot there. Looking at other things here on our list. Uh, I noted automated uh, flows, something that I uh, I would love to 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 be better about. You know, for some of our clients, is figuring out how we can work product launches into existing uh, automated email flows. You know, if it's related, um, how do we make sure that you know it's like, hey, we just we just launched this product, and maybe it's just sending to a list. You know, it's it's the list that uh, hasn't purchased in you know sixty days. So we're trying to get them back and. Um, some other things, but I think there's some some automated flows where you can work in these these new product launches as well. Uh, I think the other thing on top of that is with the new product launch, if, in terms of getting the most out of it, it's a hundred percent in your best interest to create an email campaign that is specific to the that product that you're launching to try to get somebody to upsell, review, come back, buy again, and have that be a 20, 30, 60 day, whatever, you know, makes sense for your audience, have that, that automated flow set up because you're likely going to be spending money on ads in addition to some of the more free stuff that we've talked about. So if you're, if you are spending the money on ads, you know, uh, it's in your best interest to turn those, those dollars into, you know, those original dollars into a second, third, fourth purchase or additional action, um, as much as you can. long rambling there but any other thoughts or additions there i was I, you were coaching us earlier andy about being on time so i was just laughing right. as you were rolling through things there so yep i'm trying to get through the list we're trying to keep it keep it quick here uh so i guess the last thing on the list parker you want to talk about paid social paid ads what else is on the list there from for advertising for sure and that's just when you're looking at uh, what else is out there as far as off Amazon advertising that you're sending to your website, right? We're just talking Facebook, Google, mm-hmm. yep. the usual. 
and uh yeah we utilize those as well and recommend it and yeah uh, i think early on though because you and you hinted at this earlier andy there's some fun campaigns you can do around a new product where it's you know first five we're going to give away to the first five that respond to this and go through you'll get a, you'll get it free um that will get a lot of push of people coming in we've also done things like hey we have a you know we're going to do a miniature version of it like for our grown-ass man company shampoo bars right we're gonna we'll give you a third of a bar or a quarter of a bar so you can sample it if you just pay the shipping costs so just it's free, free to you if you came to, and that was that went over great and then they raised the shipping rates it became harder to do mm-hmm. but um but things like that can work really well of just trying to get some early sampling of your product but also create a little buzz and hype where we found a lot of people who responded like that campaign which was basically you get a hotel sized bar instead of the full bar right um but a lot of people who came in through that campaign ended up looking at that and saying, I just want the full thing or I want a three pack of the full bars. So, you know, we, it was kind of cost neutral to us for the shipping cost and the, and the giveaways. Um, but we actually sold like full price product off of that and got people on our list and were able to sell them again. These were all new customers for the most part, cause this was a new launch. So there's ways to kind of look creatively of giveaways to the first number of people or, um, you know, sample size versions of things and there's things you can have a lot of fun with they're getting a lot of traffic in you'd never want to just totally give it away for total free because that's because there's everybody will want something for free you want to get you want to get people to pay something that's why we we like things like free plus shipping where they're paying just a couple bucks for shipping but they're putting some skin in the game those customers who do that are likely customers that will then trade up to full price and trade up to a full product so there's things that you can do around new products that are fun like that too, using your list on your DTC site. Yep. Yep. I love that. I love that. Keeping it fun, trying to be unique and doing something that's, that's true to brand seems is, you know, always a good play there. So, well, uh, I, I, we're pretty close to time here, but I don't, uh, Parker, any, any other closing thoughts or topics we want to make sure we get in this episode? Mm, I think I'm good. I just want to say we had so we had these three the series of three that Parker and Rachel put together on new product launches. Next week, I ask people and thank you everybody who's listening uh, through the end of the show here. But next week's going to be for us a really fun topic. It may sound super nerdy for other people, but we're going to talk about all the changes to Amazon's inventory policy and how they manage inventory, which have which are crazy changes they're making and have a huge effect on sellers. Um, and so we'll have some fun talking about that. It, it, and for some people, it, that may not be relevant. But if you're selling on Amazon at all, these are big changes. And they just rolled out two days ago as they announced them all. So we're kind of digesting it all. We're going to come back next week with, okay, let's break down all the changes, what it means. There are some really significant changes for Amazon sellers, though, that uh, if you're not already following that, you should follow it. And you should tune in next week for the podcast next week for that. Great plug. Great plug. Well, uh, Parker, I appreciate you joining. And thank to Rachel as well as not here, but uh, for setting up this uh, this mini series on, on launching products for e-com in 2023. Uh, Tim, thanks as always. And thanks to you for listening. And we will catch you again next time. 